everybody. Welcome back to The Hustle. It's John Lamoureux. Okay, this week is a really, really interesting one. We're talking to Jeanette Girado of Expose. Now, let me tell you a couple of things that you probably did not know. Number one, would you have ever believed that Expose are the eighth most successful girl group in history? I didn't know that. I wouldn't have pieced that together. And did you know that at the time of their debut album, they set a record for having four top 10 singles off of a debut album? There was like Point of No Return, Come Go With Me, Seasons Change that hit number one. Jeanette sang that song. Now you may or may not know. So there were there were three other people in Expose. They're one of those bands that were sort of put together like, you know, with a Svengali named Louis Martinet, sort of like uh, Backstreet Boys or, or NSYNC or something like that. And uh, which is something that Jeanette actually talks really candidly about in here. So there were other people, and then they were replaced ultimately with Jeanette, Joya, Bruno, and Ann Curlis. And those make up the main people that you know. Eventually, Joya left, and they brought in someone else, and all the ladies are still tight friends and uh, get along and everything. And they had a bunch of hits there from like the mid-80s to the early 90s. And then it kind of fizzled out. And there are obvious, you know, there's issues around money, there's issues ar issue around credit, there's issue around production, all kinds of things. And Jeanette is very open-minded and very outspoken about those things in here. But it's not a sad story, not at all. In fact, the girls are back together and they play reunion shows. They play those kind of 80s festivals, that kind of stuff. They're in a really, really good place. Jeanette wouldn't have it any other way. But for a while there, there were some bumps in the road and she's very candid about it. I really, really love talking to her and I especially loved her honesty. She just tells it like it is. And I wasn't really expecting that, but I'm so grateful. I have to give a huge thanks to one of our listeners, friend of the show, David German. Now, David used to work for Arista in uh, A&R for years and years and years. And he thankfully will contact me once in a while with some suggestions or recommendations for the show. And Jeanette was one of those, which I was really glad about because I had been wanting to showcase Expose anyway. So we got it done. And his name comes up in here a couple of times. Anyway, this is a really, really interesting behind the scenes conversation. It's kind of different than what you might have gotten from a pop group like this. Jeanette, who is so lovely and so sweet, called me from her home in Las Vegas. Okay, so the thing that I've always been curious about with you specifically, Jeanette, is the, the origin of the group is well documented. Mm -hmm. There were three other girls and they either, right. they got replaced. Either they were fired or quit or whatever. You guys come in, some songs had already been re recorded. What I've never quite known is kind of where you came from. I mean, I know you came from California, but were you, were you an aspiring singer of your own? Were you working on your own solo career? Were all three of I you doing that? I don't know what, ha where it came from. Yeah, actually, I think all three of us were pretty much doing the same thing, although all separately. So you probably know the story. Uh, Joy and Anne were both in Miami. Annie Anne pretty much grew up in Miami from middle school on, like the age of 12 on. Uh, Joya moved to uh, Miami through, uh, she grew up in New Jersey. And uh, so they were both there in their uh, early 20s. And Annie was just finishing up school there. Joy was working in a club with a band there. Annie was also working with many friends of hers that she went to school with in a club. And I was doing the same thing in California. So yes, we were all singing prior to getting in the group. Um, and uh, yeah, we each had our band. I, I don't know if they if their bands were recording and trying to get uh, contracts and stuff. Mine was. Um, I was in a band at the time called, uh, gosh, it had gone through so many name changes, but I think at the time I quit, uh, it was called Soto and we were attempting to, you know, introduce ourselves to record companies and whatnot. Um, and that's when I met everybody from, you know, the expose party, uh, okay. except Joy Dan. I didn't meet Joy Dan yet, but, so uh, you, you know, all the writers and stuff. Soto was that, did you move to Miami with Soto with the intentions of, you know, Getting into show business or music business? No, no. I was okay. still in California working with Soto. That's what um, I thought. That's, yeah. We had, you know, moved to mostly on the West Coast, but most of our work was in California. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd never been to Miami. In fact, prior to 
um, meeting the whole expose thing and people from Airstar have never even been on a plane before. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My first ride, my first plane ride was with the, uh, you know, the, the three uh, girls that uh -huh. have been doing all the demo work and stuff from expose. Okay. Um, okay. And that was my first plane ride with them. Yeah. Okay. So who recommended you? How did you, were you, did you have to go through like a, an auditioning process? No, no, I was actually, um, it's kind of something out of a movie. I know, but this is yeah. truly how it happened. I was working in a nightclub with my band mm -hmm. and uh, we were actually the opening act for the previous expose. Okay. And um, uh, the girls approached me um, and told me that, their lead singer, Ali, was uh, no longer, she no longer wanted to continue being in the group. And they wanted me to take her place. That's oh. pretty much how it happened. Okay. And they introduced me to um, uh, Lewis, who wrote all the songs. And then people from Arista started coming out. Um, not Dave German yet, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, attorneys and everything were coming out to meet me, I guess, to see if I fit the part. Um, okay. If I could sing and uh, yeah, so I didn't really audition or maybe I did unknowingly, but <laughs> I was just doing it as, you know, what I was normally doing in the nightclub. Okay. So Lewis is kind of Lewis uh, Martinet. Is that how you yes. say his last name? Okay. Right. So Expose is kind of his mastermind. It's mm -hmm. his. And so I'm guessing he has to be the final word on this, who he wants to represent his music, sing his songs. Is that right? I'm guessing, it, well, at that point, he was one of three. So there, oh, there were okay. three men that were that were uh, together as the their company was called Pantera, um, uh, sure. a production company. So yeah. Lewis was one, and then there were other two. I don't know how they agreed on who should be in the group. Mm -hmm. I think probably Lewis, being that he was the one that was involved in music, probably had most of the connections out there as to, I think Annie was introduced through a friend of uh, Lewis and, and Annie. Okay. Um, Joya was pretty well known in the area in Miami, uh, okay. as you can just see. Why wouldn't she be? Because she's Joya, and uh, <laughs> and right. um, yeah. So I, I, he probably had the most thing. I don't know if he had the final word. And I think okay. at that point, maybe even Arista was involved as well because okay. there was already a, a record uh, contract in place, and uh, I guess they were looking for the right people. Okay, mm -hmm. so is this a? Uh... I don't know if this is a, an insensitive question. You tell me we can cut it out, but you know, Lou Pearlman being the mastermind of like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and stuff like that, it didn't go right. well for him, but right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> was Lewis on the up and up? Was it, uh, was it an okay arrangement? Was, has it worked out? Okay. I don't know enough about um, him. I know. Right. Um, yes. No, no, it wasn't. I don't know all the ins and outs of uh, Lou Perlman, but I, things that I have read, there are many similarities mm. into the contract that we signed. Okay. Um, and it was just forever and mm. um, getting out of it was difficult. Um, there were many problems back and forth. I mean, I guess maybe in comparison, in comparing us to Lou Perlman, I guess maybe the question is, um, did you guys get taken advantage of financially? Because basically yeah. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And in in my opinion, yes, we very much did. And it was uh, maybe not apparent in the beginning, but as things went and as the group did, you know, um, more yeah. hit records and more top 10, we we're going, okay, when do we start uh, getting paid? <laughs> When does that happen? We're big stars now selling millions of albums, but it sure doesn't feel like it. I think I yeah, read somewhere yeah. that you guys, and this could be way off, were paid like 200 bucks a show, and that's pretty much it. I, Is that I right? I think it was. I think Anne re recollects that. I don't recollect that as much, um, but she would because she's our money person. But okay. yeah, I think it, I think that's that's about uh, right at okay. that point. Yeah. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. Oh my gosh. I remember so well seeing the come go with me video. What's it come go with me or point of whatever the first one was. I remember seeing the video on Friday night videos.
Right. I'm like 12 or 13 years old in Salt Lake City. All three super beautiful, cute women in three different, totally different Thank ways. You. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Still, still the same, still looking great. And um, just being really taken with the diversity of the ladies, the strength of your voices. One thing about you in particular, I feel like too, none of, well, Joya kind of does. Nobody has like an overpowering voice. You know, they have vocals that fit the dance music. Were you raised, like, did you grow up singing in church? Did you grow up, I don't know, wanting to be like a, there's not like a performance or opera or these strong, you know, Mariah Carey-like vocals coming from anyone in the group. Right, right. I did grow up, I did grow up uh, singing in church. Um, my sister and I sang in church together. Mm -hmm. I think we got thrown out because we always had the giggles. We couldn't right. you know, keep a straight face. <laughs> um, but happens. I, all of us had, I think Joy, Ann, and myself pretty much grew up just singing, whether it be in school or choir or plays or whatever talent show was going on, yeah. um, and joined bands really early. I had been singing in uh, nightclubs since I was 15 years old. I don't know why mm -hmm. my mom allowed it, but I was. Um, in bands and uh, I know the girls are, have similar stories it was just yeah. you know I, I don't want to say a calling because it's music but it was something that we all had in us and still do to this day because you can't go on I don't think you cannot go on in this industry for as long as we have without truly loving it because yeah. the you know jumping over all the hurdles and dealing with all the you know the crazy which is a large much larger than we thought part of it yeah. Um, that little part that is music and, and singing is uh, you have to love it so much that it overcomes everything else. Um, I can imagine. I, yeah. Yeah. I had, um, I had Lisa Lisa on here who I know you guys have performed together. Mm -hmm. Lisa Lisa came on a few years ago and I guess maybe I knew this and just forgot, but when she sang the, when she's singing those first hits, she's also like 15 years old. Shocking yeah. to me. She looks Incredible, like a woman. Right? You know, she's this gorgeous woman, but she's actually yeah. 15. Not much older I than I was listening to those songs. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. It's got to be such a shock to a teenager's system to be thrown into this adult world like that. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. right. I, but I you've mean, handled it well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just sure. really, you know, good people I was working with. None of the uh, I was normally, uh, before Expose, I was uh, usually the only female in the band, you know, lead vocal. And yeah. it was just all guys and me. And I normally are all a little older than me. And and very many times it was, you know, I was kind of like their little sister. They kind of protected yeah. me and stuff like that. So Okay. Yeah. Did, mm -hmm. you, um, did you three, I'm thinking back to those videos and stuff. Were you, uh, now you didn't all know each other ahead of time. So no. how did you become friends? Did they put you all in like the same apartment do you um do you have like the NSYNC guys and have hours and hours of dance rehearsal before all the shows right. what's that we like did. the preparation really well, I moved I moved to Florida and on the very first night I was there uh there was some event happening at a nightclub or something and so I was invited and I remember going with my manager Sylvia and we went to this club in Miami Miami Beach and I was just I, I don't know. I was just in shock. I was, I just right. felt so far from home and it was really scary for me. I was only 20 years old. And, uh, I remember driving in the car and seeing this beautiful girl walking towards the club that, the, that we were going to, and she was dressed so cool and she had this great little haircut and, you know, kind of look a little, little rock and rollish. And, um, I believe the person that we were with said, that's, that's Joya. That's the girl that's going to be in the group no with way. you. I mean, yeah, that's the first time I saw her. Wow. Um, and then I met her at the nightclub and I think she like came over and she said, do you want to dance? And we went out, danced in the, mm -hmm. in the nightclub. And we always laughed because she was dressed like the little rock star that she was. And mm -hmm. I was dressed like I was going to my cousin's wedding, you know, <laughs> like, so, so not cool in whatsoever way. <laughs> Still not. I just, I don't have that, but Jay. <laughs> We always laugh about that. Uh, um, she said she asked me to dance because she wanted to see if I could dance. So I guess mm -hmm. maybe I passed that test. And at Good. that point, it was just Joy and I working together. We knew that there was okay. going to be a, a third person. We had not met her yet. And when we did meet Anne, it was over dinner. Mm. We were invited to dinner and we all sat there and they took pictures to see what we looked like together. Mm. And, 
And then uh, at that point, I had moved in with Joya because okay. I was living with uh, my manager and her family because she happened to be from Miami. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess they kind of arranged like, hey, why don't you have jo- Jeanette go and, and mm-hmm. live with you? And so I did. Why not? I didn't have okay. anywhere else to go. <laughs> wow. And um, yeah. And so Joya said, hey, um, why don't you go? I She had something to do. She says, go check out Anne and see if she could sing because I know she's gigging tonight. So. Mm-hmm borrowed Joya's car because I didn't have one, mm-hmm. drove out to wherever Anne was um, to see if she could sing if we thought, mm-hmm. you know, at that point they were giving us, I guess, maybe a vote in the whole situation. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, okay. do, you know, is this somebody that you could see yourself with? And, yeah. Um, so I went to see if she could sing and wow, could she ever. Yeah. And, and it's so, and it's so weird because that you say how the dynamics of the record, like there's no big like voices. I know Joya yeah. d- definitely does that. I, I think that Annie and both and myself, I think our voices were not allowed to be the voices that we were prior to being. Really? You know? Okay. Yes, because I used to sing. I was an R&B singer. I mean, I was singing Shaka Khan in the band. Really? In and stuff okay. like that. And that's not what they were looking for here. And that's not how mm-hmm. the music sounded at the time. You know, mm-hmm. that whole dance music thing was mm-hmm. kind of just, you know, straight um, mm-hmm. at the time. And so I think they... Lewis was very controlling in how he wanted us to sound. And I think he kind of messed sometimes with the vocal too, when I'm listening to it. Um, but I <laughs> but, wondered about you know, this. who's to argue because look at what the songs did. Sure. And obviously he had an ear and he knew what he was doing and what he wanted, you know, the sound to be. Yeah. This, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I asked the question, because I was curious if that was put upon you or if that was you guys at your full strength. It, it seems like too, by the third album, and maybe it's because, you know, you're getting older and the sound is becoming more sophisticated. It's not quite as straightforward dance music. I mean, there are dance songs on there, but the ballads become mm-hmm. the bigger hits. And everyone's voice, to my ear, becomes more professional and more dramatic, I guess, right. by that and point. At, and at that time, it was, um, at that point, Clive Davis of Arista Records had pretty much taken over the entire project. Mm. And uh, he was calling all the shots at that point, along with us, um, helping us choose songs. Um, you know, many meetings going in and uh, bringing in these amazing songwriters. So the songwriting was completely different. And then there was different production that was brought in as well. Mm-hmm. And the producers that we were working with then um, were so much more open and so oh, and really? allowing, uh, allowing our voices to sound like our mm-hmm. voices, I think. You know? I can see and, that. And yeah. Yeah. One of the songs that I really like, I think it's you, is uh, You Don't Know What You Got off the third oh. album. Is <laughs> yeah. that you? That's me. It should mm-hmm. be because it's got, I assume, because it's got kind of like a Latin dance flavor to it. Do you mm-hmm. remember anything about the recording of that song? Um, boy. It's okay if you don't. I just like throwing in my favorite songs and asking about them because then we play little bits and people can get some context. I, I remember that Lewis really liked this song. And at that mm. point, there were other producers involved and other songwriters involved. Um, mm-hmm. And... Lewis really, there were some songs where he was supposed to produce the whole album. And I, I don't think maybe his heart was into songs that were not oh, his. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Okay. And this was one that I think he took special entrance, you know, interest in. I remember recording it and being behind the glass with Lewis and mm. him being very excited about it. It was fun. Oh, it was a fun okay. song to record. Okay. And I like I'm, that song too, actually. I do, yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, Okay, when you guys start hitting it big, what is the biggest 
shock to your system as a 20 year old girl who sang in a band in Southern California and is now in Miami. Maybe it's the parties you just mentioned, but I mean, that's quite a transition. You know, you go from this little band in Southern California to four top 10 hits in on your first album. What's the biggest shock to your system at that time? Oh my gosh, everything. I think I really? lived my life in shock. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> you know, I, I just, yeah. it was everything. It was, um, oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I was lonely as all hell out there because I just knew Julianne. At that point, I moved into my own apartment. Okay. Um, and was just like, okay, I have my own apartment. Now what? And, you know, I think uh -huh. I had like a, uh, I think I had a beanbag as furniture. That was it. <laughs> but just traveling and the time yeah. and, um, going to meetings at Arista and, and traveling to New York and all mm. the shows we were doing. I mean, it truly was a whirlwind, whirlwind. Everything was shocking to me. Yeah. Um, um, trying to, like you said, how did you become friends? It was an effort, the mm. three of us, um, because we had all come from those diverse backgrounds. Um, although yep. we all had music in common, we we're also all used to being the front person, whereas mm being in the group, we all had to share that spotlight. Yeah. So that was a, a, a transition for all of us. And yeah, it wasn't always easy, but you know, yeah. it, it was a lot of fun though. I bet. Um, yeah. So I just think the whole thing was a shot because I truly, I went to Miami and like I said, I was 20 years old. I thought I was going to go into the studio and get some great experience mm. um, and then come home a couple of weeks later. And I never came home. I just took off. And so yeah. that, I think if there's a biggest shock, it was that it happened so fast. Yeah. So fast. I think I went out to um, Miami in the summer and by that November, because I believe Come Go With Me, which was our first single, mm -hmm. um, was released on my 21st birthday on November oh, 14th. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, my gosh. Do you remember one of your first or biggest celebrity sightings? I mean, you're you know, you're going on talk shows and performing on American bandstand or whatever. Do you remember what one of the first interactions with a celebrity would have been? Hmm. I don't know if it was my first, but one of my most memorable is at one of Clive Davis famous Grammy parties mm -hmm. the night before. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that it was happened to be in LA that year. Mm -hmm. And so um, I took my mom cause I'm <laughs> a real big dork. So <laughs> 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 I took my mom and we went in and it was funny because um, as soon as we walked in, we saw Whitney Houston, who also oh. brought her mom oh, there with her course. mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess maybe because of that connection, we kind of giggled that we were both there with our moms. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, we talked to Whitney and her mom for quite a while just wow. about, you know, the business wow. and, yeah. and how, you know, it's important to keep that relationship with family yeah. And uh, it was really nice. So that's one of my most memorable. That and, is great. You know, I mean, Whitney, and who was more beautiful in person than you can ever. It's, I don't know if you ever met her, but more beautiful. I never met her, but I, uh, on, on screen. I believe it. She's one yeah. of the most beautiful women that's. And uh, anyway, I could go on and on about Whitney. Yeah. There's just so <laughs> much, um, so many contradictions, I think, going on inside of Whitney for most yeah. of her life that uh, just. The beauty outside doesn't let you in on the conflicts and and obstacles happening on the inside. I just find her a fascinating person. I know, but that's kind of the industry, though, isn't it? Yes, you know, it is. Like, yes, especially Clive shine. Davis's industry in a lot of oh, ways. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. good point. Um, okay, so one speaking of sort of people's facades or outside exterior, one thing I've always thought about Expose was that you were all very beautiful and sexy, but never like slutty or skanky. And I wonder if that, maybe it felt that way. What? Is that a funny thing? That's, that's funny. Why? <laughs> Did I, I agree with you. I agree okay. with you. No, okay. I mean, we, we go, I mean, you know, we're all together very often and we have conversations like, oh my God, what are people doing? Well, you know, I mean, at the time, Madonna's in her lucky star netted belly shirts and yeah. the, you it could have so easily have gone that way and another 10 year you know if you not even that i mean well 10 years or so later if you guys came up during the like i don't know britney spears era or whatever that might have been the case but i wondered if that was a like the vocal distribution of singing was that discussed at the time too was it you know let's market these girls as sort of 
very beautiful, but also sort of approachable, almost like wholesome is probably the wrong word, but not overwhelm you with sexiness. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I think had we wanted to be, I think we probably would have been allowed to do whatever we wanted to be. Mm. Um, I, I just think that just truly speaks of our personalities. That, yeah. you know, we're not... That's just not the way we were presenting ourselves prior to being in the group. And, and we wouldn't have been comfortable uh, just naturally doing that after being in the group. I think yeah. there probably would have been a lot of pushback from us had they attempted to okay. um, lead us in that direction. Yeah. Okay. Do you, uh, how does it feel to be the one who sings a number one song? Seasons change. <laughs> Not everyone can say that, and you can. I know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, really proud. Just really proud. And again, shocking, unbelievable. Because growing up, I just have always loved to sing. We all three have. Mm-hmm. Um, but having to be able to say we have a number one song is, you know, a dream come yeah. true, actually. You know? Yeah. And uh, was, was it always meant to be have been sung by you? I don't know if when we went into the studio they knew exactly who was going to end up being the lead vocalist because let's, I mean, let's face it. They had three voices to choose from. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm a huge fan of Joy and Anne's boy vocals mm-hmm. and uh, I could easily see Anne singing it too. And, mm. you know, um, there's a story I always tell about going in to the studio. Um, once we were going in and I was supposed to sing a song um, from our first album and uh, name, it was called December. Do you remember that song? Yes. It was at the very end of the, it's mm-hmm. a ballad at the very end of the yep, album. I do remember. We all love that song. So we were going into the studio um, and Joy and I were driving in together because at the time I was living with her and didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. told you that already. <laughs> so we're going That's in. Okay. in the In the middle of, you know, right before we get there or something, Joy turns to me and says, hey, I know you're going in to sing this song, but I really feel like I could sing this song. And it mm-hmm. just, it I've worked on it and it just means so much to me. Do you mean, do you mind if I, you know, give it a try uh-huh. if I can go in there and do that? And I said, no, of course not. Uh-huh. You know, let's go in and, and let's, let's try this. And I think she and I both talked Lewis into allowing her to try uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Um, and gosh, I'm yes, it's joyous yeah. song. I, I yeah. can't even imagine me singing that. 
um, and doing half as good a job as she did on that. Uh -huh. So I think, you know, just maybe like seasons change or, or um, you know, whatever it turned out at that time, I think yeah. each vocal fit the song, Yeah, you know, for each yeah. of us. Yeah. I was thinking that about uh, what you don't know feels like a joyous song to me too you know it it needs a, that sort of i don't her voice strikes me as sometimes as a little grittier or something and so yes. it fits for that song so well you know yes joya i think the bands that she was working in in jersey so i know in in uh miami it was a top 40 band but i think mm. in jersey she was mostly singing rock Rock oh really stuff. okay so yeah she has that, that grit yeah, yeah. She has that really cool grit to her voice was it ever something else too that I've always been curious about is that um, you, I don't I don't think you or Anne ever put out solo albums, right? No, no. Well, was that ever approached? Was that an idea? Why not? Um, gosh, just life. I think at the time it happened when we left when we, the group finally disbanded. Um, Annie and I started working on solo solo things. Mm um and life happened to us you know we were all both on that on that path um i know we both had managers we were working with we were working with different songwriters both in uh, los angeles and california um and yeah life happened but things happen in ann's life and things were happening in my life um and we had to stop and concentrate on what was more important at that point which was family for us sure sure so yeah um are you What's your fan? Are you still married? Do you have kids? What's your story? Is that too I personal? Am. I hope not. Oh, no, okay. no, no. I, okay. uh, I am married. I've been married for, gosh, I think going on 26 years. Wow. And um, yeah, thank you. And uh -huh. I have two, two children, two boys that are both away at college. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I'm an empty nester now. That's why That's it's so crazy. quiet around here. That's so crazy. <laughs> Where are you, by the way? I am in Las Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's where you live. My my mom lives in St. George, Utah. Do you know oh, where yeah. that is? It's like a hundred miles I, away. So we I certainly do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we um we go to Vegas a lot, actually, for one reason or another. Why why Vegas? That's an interesting home base. Right. Um, gosh, I think my mom came out here first. Um, I am the middle of three sisters, don't have brothers. Okay. Okay. Um, and we just kind of follow my mom wherever she goes. So when my mom moved out here, um, I think I moved here second and then my younger sister, Amber, and then finally my sister, Becky. And, wow. um, yeah, so we're all not in the same They're house, but we're yeah. all here where we can, you know, see yeah. each other often and, That's and be around my mom. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I was curious too. I was looking, <laughs> my assumption is that as expose is going to be on every like 80s or 90s retro bill there is you know <laughs> dance parties anywhere salt and pepper is going to be there's you're going to see expose whatever lisa lisa that kind of stuff but when i was on the website there were no tours and so i was i'm curious like what is your life like now do you how often do you play out um often actually we okay. are we have been doing the those concerts that have you know all the acts you know some sure. of the acts all in one all in one show which are so much fun and it's fun seeing those. everybody and being around yeah. everybody it's a good time yeah um but the thing is because there are so many acts you only get 
so many minutes to be on stage. I know, that's a shame. I would love to see like just a full-fledged headlining expose show, you know? Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, we get, I think the shows that um, we're allowed at like 25 minutes or something on stage. And, you know, thank goodness, but we have, you know, not to toot our own horn, but we have so many hits. Uh, We can't fit them in that 25 minutes. In fact, we only can do little pieces of mm. it's, uh, you know, our show is kind of almost like a, a remake. Like a medley. Expose yeah, I song. Yeah. 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 Which is fun and mm-hmm. there's great energy in it, but yeah. we miss, we miss being with the band. We miss being able to do, you know, a lot of our stuff, all our old stuff. And, yeah. Um, so we've been attempting to move more towards doing the live shows, oh, especially good. this year. So if you don't see our name on those big shows and everything, that's because we are okay. attempting to switch back to the Ooh, live I want show. that I want that I want a full <laughs> hour of expose I want to hear all the hits you well, know thank you well the, the times yes. that we've done it this year have just been so much fun and Good. the audience is wonderful and you know Good. we have a blast great musicians that we have on stage with us so blessed with them and yeah, and, uh, yeah spending that time with Joey and Ann and hearing them you know Joey gets to do December of course um, and Ann sings Now That I Found You and yep. it's like all those songs that we haven't been able to you know share with our audience in so long we can do it again I love it. I love it. I hope that happens. Something I I hadn't necessarily, well, it voiced a thought I had had that had never quite put into words. When I was getting ready to talk to you, I was reading an article or read somewhere about how there's a perception that expose is almost a little bit forgotten about, I guess. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's because um, there was no one like dominant personality. There wasn't a Beyonce or there wasn't a there wasn't somebody who got, you know, hung up on drugs. There wasn't some, you know, tabloid aspect or angle to the band. It was just three beautiful ladies who seemed fairly well put together, you know? And I wonder if that, do you know what, I, do you recognize what I'm even talking about? Have you heard that before? Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? I think, yes. And I think um, you just reminded me of something my cousin Joe used to say. He used to say, you girls need to do something bad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're all too nice. You need to, one of you has to do something horrible, like get caught with drugs or do something. (laughs) Something. Um, Something that gets you, you know. Um, But I think that started, uh, I think initially when the group was put together, and I'll say that it's not, I mean, it is what it is. We're a put together group, right? We didn't grow up having this, although we're all dreaming the same thing, we're dreaming it separately. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think that was the intention. I think the intention was for this group to be sort of a menudo, mm. you know, kind of thing mm. where we could just be replaced, I guess, maybe if we got older or if mm. we gave them a problem or something, mm. I think that was the initial idea. And so because of that, yeah, I, once we were filming, I, I, I'm sorry. I just, these memories come to me as I'm, Please. As I'm I love talking this. about I love it. it. But once we were filming this Coca-Cola commercial, oh, right, and um, I remember the producer of the commercial came over and said, you know, we want to focus on you guys, but they're not allowing us to. They're kind of trying to make you seem like they're all, all three of you are always in the shot or they don't mm. want one of you to shine above the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because that's what they wanted to do. They wanted if someone was replaced, they didn't want it to be noticed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and okay. I think maybe the, 
the success of the songs and the success of the group and maybe, and no, and definitely Clive Davis's interest in the group. And, and, uh, and, and let me go back a little bit because we have mentioned David German, who pretty much was the single person that is responsible for getting us signed to Eric. Really? Yes, he was. He was always aware of our music prior to the record company and really pushed to having a sign. And David German was the person who called me when Seasons Change went number one. Really? Yes. Oh, I love to hear that. I know. He's a big part of our story, David German. He really it's is. It's wild. I uh, so, I don't know him personally, obviously, but we communicate, and he seems like just the most decent, love loving, is. lovable he guy. He is a sweetheart. Good. Yes. I'm so glad to hear that. Good. Yeah, he is. Um, so thank you, David German, if you're listening. <laughs> he probably. I'm sure he is actually. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so th- I think that was the initial thing. So when the when the songs hit and the group became, yeah. you know. Um, I don't. I, I don't want to say recognizable because sometimes mm-hmm. we're not, but the music is. Mm-hmm. The music is recognizable, and I think yeah. at that point, um, Arista tried to take over and 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 uh, allow us to be known as the group. Okay. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, looking back, that was probably the best move. I mean, you were gonna, if someone had picked out you or Anne or Joy as being the focal point, and the other two backing up that person. Who's to say you would have had the success that you had? I mean, maybe long term, it's it's a little bit of a hump to get over because then there's no like one focal point of the band, but then there's also not as much infighting or jealousy or issues either. I'm sure all that stuff is there no matter what because it always is in a musical group. (laughs) Right. But you know what I mean? I mean, I guess that trade off was worth it. Maybe it gave you the longevity. And it's just kind of funny because, as I said before, I'm in the middle of three three girls, uh, my sisters. So I'm used to being in threes. Um, and I, I'll go to where I grew up and someone will see me and say, where's Becky? Where's Amber? You know, like I'm supposed to be with them 24 hours a day, my sisters. But it's the same thing with Joy and Anne. You know, if I'm somewhere, they think that Joy and Anne are, they start looking around. Like, right. where's, where's Anne? Like, <laughs> the other two. You know, like if we're yeah. connected. You know, at the Don't shoulders. you travel together? Don't you do everything together? Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we do. We do do a lot. We were Pretty in Arizona of recent and uh, eating really? at a restaurant. We we went out to lunch and um, there were this, there's a couple sitting next to us and, you know, they reached over and said, you're expose, right? <laughs> Ever eating? Oh yes, we are. But I'm trying it's to imagine. Exactly, obviously, the giveaway if we're all together. You know, of course. I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to imagine sitting in a restaurant and seeing all three members of Expose sitting at a table next to me and eating lunch, and how yeah. surreal <laughs> that would be. You know, wow. I mean, individually is one thing, but seeing you all sitting there because then it just confirms what we were just talking about. Wow, they really right. are just a piece. All three of them. Yeah, are one, exactly. You know? <laughs> Okay, one thing I'm curious about too, um, Lewis wrote most of those songs, but I wondered if you or any of the girls ever felt like you were able to have some input. And if you did, what's one of the songs, because I want to play a little bit of it right here, what's one of the expose songs that you feel some ownership of? That you're like, you know what, I came up with this little part, or I put a vocal inflection here, or I'm the one who decided we should repeat this or whatever that makes the song what it is. Do you feel ownership over anything? Um, well, I know I wasn't there this day, but I know when we were um, recording or when Joy and Anne were recording, Tell Me Why, mm-hmm. they wrote some of the lyrics there. Um, and uh, we're not given credit.
Uh, so of they feel they have ownership on that, but um, you know, some of the ideas on that. Okay. Um, yeah. And then later on as the, you know, I hate to say it, but the more that we kind of moved away from Lewis and his production, um, the more we were involved creatively with the music. Um, okay. We had producers that um, we would, you know, get together and work on backgrounds and how we thought it should sound and listen to different things and how we want it to sound. Um, as you can tell, some of the albums, the later albums have much uh, like lush background. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, arrangements, yeah. which, yeah. you know, Those before ballads that. Are like that. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, the Diane Warren ballads. And we worked mm-hmm. with Evie Nelson, who's an amazing songwriter, and she helped us with all the arrangements. And Kelly Moneymaker at that time came into the group as well because Joy was no longer with us. Um, she brought in this just breathy, beautiful sound that we yeah. a- absolutely took advantage of. And um, yeah, so at that point, I feel that we were all creatively involved. Oh, good. Um, I don't know if they, I can't say that they mean more to us because we, we truly, we just love all our music. We have so much mm-hmm. fun with it to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love thinking about all the amazing experiences we had during mm-hmm. that time you know, watching the, um, the orchestra come in and record mm-hmm. or getting to, you know, getting to work and speak with the musicians that were actually recording our album, because when Lewis yeah. was doing it, we would, that would all be done before we even came in. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a first time experience for us. Um, wow. what it really feels to be in the, in the studio and be creative. I bet. I mm-hmm. bet. Yeah. Again, going back, just imagining this girl being thrown into in a good way, the uh, just the tidal wave of success and a uh, popularity and activity it's got to be such a rush um okay i got one more semi-personal question i hope this is a fun question not a bad question but i'm curious yeah, okay. did did any uh did you ever go out with like any famous guys i'm just imagining <laughs> i'm imagining i don't know uh johnny gill like or or Bobby Brown, one of the new edition guys or something like, you know, somebody <laughs> like, or her, uh, Gerardo or Gerardo or whatever it was, you know, uh, Rico Suave, mm-hmm. somebody calling you and be like, I want to go out watching the video on Friday night videos and saying, I want, I want that one. And has this that manager call Jeanette and say, Jeanette, so-and-so wants to go out with you. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I mean, of course I would get calls through managers and, and, uh, and be asked out on dates. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I never did. I never went out okay. with anybody that would be a name or anything okay. like that. Um, I'm, I'm just curious. Think we all giggle about, you know, because we so spend so much time together. Yeah. And we all giggle about those things that came in, you know, Anne had a couple of exciting ones, enjoy it too. And we all just giggle about it. But I think at one, you know, we all kind of had serious boyfriends pretty much okay. all throughout expose. So okay. we're, we are those very loyal girls. Yeah, good. That fits. <laughs> yeah. the, that fits the the image. I know, you know? right? It does. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. These are girls you can take home to your parents. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, okay, can you remember a particular show or concert or I don't know that was especially memorable, either for good or bad? Somebody, I, I was, and I. What sparked this question is uh, getting ready to talk to you. I was watching. I was watching you guys on the Byron Allen show on um, <laughs> YouTube and there's mm-hmm. uh, he's made, he's joking with joy about how clumsy she is. I guess she's falling down a lot and there's some. She had recently talking. fallen over a monitor. I think. Yeah. Was that it? Okay. I think so, so. Yeah. Tell, do you remember a story about, I don't, it could be good or bad, just an especially, uh, you know, absorbed crowd or a big crowd or a funny thing. Do you, what comes to mind? Um, I'd say one of our, one of our most memorable, or for me, one of our most memorable shows were when we invite, we were invited by Dionne Warwick and she's doing her, her, uh, that's what friends are for Yeah, um, that, you know, that whole thing that was going on and they're raising uh-huh. so much money for, for AIDS research. Um, yeah. we loved being involved in that, but once there was a concert that we were part of and it was at the Kennedy center mm. and we were on stage with. Stevie Wonder, Alton John, Gladys Knight, uh, Dion, yeah. um, Edward Kennedy was sitting on the side of the stage, um, and just uh, Howard Hewitt was on that. I mean, oh, just, I love Howard. I know, right? Um, yes. And just being able to walk around and be amongst 
all those people. And then everyone had their sound check. So, yeah. um, and it was being taped. So everyone that was sound checking, there were so many people that were in the audience that uh -huh. were about to perform because we all wanted to watch each other and uh -huh. see and hear each other. And that was a really exciting time for me to, to be on that stage with all those people. I mean, the, the uh, venue in itself and all the history, yeah. but, but amongst all those artists and it was pretty amazing. Yeah. What do you miss most about those days? Not a lot. Really? <laughs> well, that's why I ask. Right I'm now. Good. That's why I ask. I'm curious if, you know, time is, it just makes things um, better. Right. Right. It definitely in, in my life, I'm, I'm a much happier individual where I am now than I was mm. back then. Um, I think Joy Ann and myself are much better friends now than yeah. we were back then too. I bet. Um, gosh, been to so, battle and together. I, and then, yeah, I heard Gina Shock say this too because I was watching or oh. listening to your interview with uh -huh. her as well. Big Gogo's fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's almost like you have this thread that ties you together forever because of all the amazing experiences that you've been through, and we yeah. grew up together, whether we realized it or not. We were all growing up and we were all three um, sometimes very selfish young women, you know, in our early 20s. Mm -hmm. um, and again, just going back to how we're all learning to share the spotlight and um, yeah. And then had this production company that really didn't want us to be a unit. They wanted us to look like a unit. They didn't want yeah. us to think like a unit. Yeah. Um, so lots of stuff like that. But yeah, looking back on it, I wouldn't go back there if given the mm -hmm. choice. I wouldn't do it. Um, I'm glad that I went through it, but mm -hmm. I'm much happier these days than I, than I was then. Good. In mm -hmm. those 15 or so years after expose comes to an end, when you're not really doing music anymore, not as a primary, uh, focus anymore, what, what do you do? Did you go, are you, you know, volunteering at your kid's school or is it, you know, I, I did, I did. I was like, my teacher I was assistant's going to be Jeanette from expose. I would die. Are you kidding? Unfortunately for my children. Yes. I volunteered at their school all the time. Mom, you know, please don't go on the field trip with us. Um, don't sign up for that one. You know, yes, I was. I, I, I was the mom who was, you know, making the signs in the hallway and the mom yeah. was helping the teacher correct homework and, and very involved in their school running the, um, my friend Ann and I ran the uh, the book fairs, you know, so really? all the books. But yeah, <laughs> so yeah, very involved in my children's life and very happy uh -huh. to be. Um, I always had music going on around, okay. though. Um, there were recordings that I did do that I would be asked to sing lead vocals on. Mm. Um, I would work sometimes here in town, and uh, so I just really couldn't stay away completely. Mm. Um, but didn't really jump back in until I think my boys were maybe five and six and okay. this whole expose thing kind of started coming back around. And mm -hmm. I was shocked that people still wanted to hear or see us. <laughs> um, and, uh, but very happy that, that we decided wow. to do this again. Mm -hmm. Now we try to sensitively cover some of the business side of things in here. Um, I believe there was some kind of, there was a lawsuit that was settled a while back. I, and it yes. was settled in your favor. I don't know what all exactly was included in the lawsuit, but you sang those on those big hits. You may not have written them or produced them. Are you seeing right. some mailbox money as the years go on, or is it kind of just that spout is closed until the lawsuit opens it back up? No, no, I, I definitely see there's definitely mailbox money. Okay, good. And, uh, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but we had to fight for the right to get what we thought was, you know, do us. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, but we did. And, and like you said, the, uh, the lawsuit, which went on for so long, yeah. um, and really, really brought us three together. We had to stand united in order to, to win that. Okay. And, uh, and so happy that we did. So yeah. happy we did. Yeah. Okay. What does your husband do? My husband um, has owned a moving company here in oh. Las Vegas for many years, okay. um, but we just sold it last week. So, <laughs> really, um, yeah. So I, now yeah, you're all done. Kind of. We kind of. <laughs> yeah, we are. And now, and his big midlife crisis has has uh, has appeared as volunteer work. So, oh, he is, well, that's uh, a good yeah, crisis to have. That's is, better than some. It is. He signed yeah. up with uh, um, a. Team Rubicon. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, that. 
I don't think so. But they go out and they're a disaster relief organization. Oh, very and nice. They go out and help, you know, um, people that have been affected by hurricanes mm-hmm. or fires. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he's gone out on a couple of deployments for that. And he also, in Nevada, there is a organization that helps bighorn sheep, which is our state animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because of all the droughts, it's hard for them to survive up in the mountains. And so. Yeah. He literally goes and gets picked up in, an, in a helicopter and gets flown up out into the mountains and um, and they make these areas where the uh, the bighorn sheep can come and drink water. <laughs> Wild. Isn't Good for him. Crazy? Yes, yeah, that's crazy. You cool. don't even think that that's a thing, but it is. And your husband's the guy that does it. That's crazy. I never thought about it, but yeah, it's a cool <laughs> thing. That is great. <laughs> One thing I was curious about is when Joya leaves with her th- throat problems, Right. You know, I don't know that I knew that's what was going on at the time. I probably didn't read the right articles. I was still kind of a kid anyway. I think I probably assumed that something she, you know, wanted to get out on her own or something like that. Right. Was it just, uh, did you have the right people, Lewis, I guess, specifically around you to just say, it's a mild speed bump. We're just going to continue on. It's no big deal. Or was it, was were things kind of hanging in the balance there for a little bit? Um, I, I know that when that was going on, Anne and I did not want to have a third person thrown in there. Really? Um, we wanted to wait for Joy to get better uh-huh. um, because we thought we would just lose so much respect if we had any in the first place as a group. And uh-huh. we were always fighting against that being able to be replaced thing that they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, you know, Joy leaving and bringing somebody else and we didn't know who it would be at that point mm-hmm. um kind of fed into that idea that they could do that so okay. we were very against it but um we didn't we didn't win that argument so mm-hmm. yes we were um kind of well no very much forced to have a third person in okay. um now i look back of course and kelly is one of my dearest friends oh good uh, and good. so talented and so incredible just all mm-hmm. around we had so many fun times with that girl. I cannot tell you all the Good. crazy things that we did. <laughs> so we missed Joya, but we gained this wonderful friendship with with Kelly, and mm-hmm. uh, really just marched on. And I'm um, glad glad that we did. Yeah. Good. Glad that we okay. Did. Mm-hmm. Well, I I don't. I mean, I, I guess I kind of have to piggyback on whoever it was that wrote whatever it was I was reading, but I don't know the expose. I mean, it shocked me to learn that you were the eighth most successful girl group in history, but it shouldn't be because like, especially those first two albums are just full of bangers. Those things still sound fresh and awesome today, you know? Right. You know what, you know, what's crazy is, and I know there are other groups that have this problem and it, and it goes back to one of your questions. We, we did a show about two years ago um, here in Las Vegas and it was with uh, other eighties other eighties groups. And, um, it was, this is a conversation that my sister told me about my sister, my older sister, Becky had gone to the ladies room Mm -hmm. and, you know, conversations take place. And there were like three or four women that had come to the concert and said, we had just got off stage by the way. And, um, the three or four women that were in there were um, in the audience and they were saying, wow, when I saw the name expose, I didn't even know who they were. And I thought, Oh, I'm not going to, I don't know who this is. Um, and then they started giggling because they knew every single song that yeah. they sang. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's kind of been the problem in this group is mm-hmm. our songs are so well known. Yeah. But the group, maybe the name and the group and is not, um, which I'm cool with. It's not like an mm-hmm. ego thing, but I think that's been one of our problems as to, you know, concerts and working yeah. and we're trying to fix it. But yeah. um if you come out and you enjoy our music, whether you recognize us or not, we're happy. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I think I speak for most teenage boys that grew up in the eighties. I remember expose very well, for, <laughs> not just for the music, but for other reasons too. <laughs> so uh, it's not going to get lost on me. I could promise you that. But we, anyway. we did this show on, on a, we recently did a cruise, one of those disco cruises. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were coming off stage, well, I had a blast by the way. Good. So many amazing groups. Good. So I was coming off stage and ready, getting ready to go on was cool in the gang. And they're all in their, in their dressing room. I know. Right. Cool <laughs> in the gang for God's sake. Yes. And so I was, 
I was walking by and I said, Hey guys, you know, looking forward to seeing your show. And they said, Hey, 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 come in, come in. So I walked in and they were laughing because uh, a couple of the members are new. They're not all, you know, uh-huh. there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the new guys were saying, you know, how many, how many of us had posters of these girls in their room? And they're all cracking up like three guys. In their room. Um, yep. So yep. pretty funny. <laughs> so true. So true. As I, again, also as a teenage boy, it wasn't, um, I liked all the songs, but I was, it was probably buying the albums back then felt like maybe something more a girl might do than a, than a teenage boy that played sports might do. But I quickly got <laughs> over that. You know what I mean? So at the time it's more, I'm more like really buying in on Friday night videos and loving. Well, you're yeah. a good company. Cause you know, Shaq is a big fan of ours too. Have, did really? you ever see, yes. Did you ever see the clip of him? He's doing his podcast and he's singing uh, Point of No Return. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's great. And then I did a, a short little, I called in to say hello. And uh, he said, you know, you've always been my girls. I've uh-huh. always been my girls. So, you know, you're not the yeah. only, you're not the only okay. sports guy out there. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Um, yeah. This is, uh, this is call hearkening back to some teenage crushes here, Jeanette. Thank you for chatting with me. I've been wanting to do this for years. And uh, I, the thing that I, the takeaway from this, the main takeaway from me is the thing that I sort of assumed going in is just that what decent people you are and that that's your, that's a, that's a, that's a virtue. And I'm glad to hear it. You know, it's a relief to hear that. So thank you for being you. you. Thank you so much. It's thank you for the invitation. It's wonderful to speak with someone who's done so much, um, you know, background checks on the group on the group and knows about us not just the uh the normal questions that you get over and over (laughs) it's not hard i mean i've loved expose for a long time uh anyway thank you jeanette all right there you have it jeanette gerardo if you get a chance to see expose do it and tell me what it's like because i haven't ever had a chance and i would love to now one other thing that i wanted to mention is that for some of you, some of you may have been listening to this and thinking, wait, you aren't talking about such and such. Well, Jeanette and I discussed it. Joya was, got in trouble for drugs once a long time ago. And she and I felt like it wasn't our place to speak for Joya in this situation. But Jeanette, bless her heart, also didn't want fans or anyone listening and thinking that we were sugarcoating something or ignoring it or pretending that it wasn't there. It's no longer an issue. But Jeanette wanted me to make sure that I communicated to all of you that she's aware and she was, we, neither of us were trying to deceive anybody. We just didn't feel like it was our place to speak for Joya. And I really, really respect that. Um, now, I want to close it out with what, another one of their hits, Let Me Be The One. This is also a classic. If nothing else, get you an expose greatest hits. Those songs still rule. Now, next week's guest is kind of a big one. Big one in the sense that First of all, I have been wanting to get this person since the very first day that I, that I started this podcast. If anyone remembers the original nine, uh, he was one of the original nine. And this person is a white whale for many, many other podcasters, and he's talking to us. And that's probably what's coming up next week. Um, I guess you probably would think they're a one-hit wonder, but they're not. They're more like a four or five-hit wonder, Okay. Some may even ask if this band actually exists. I'll just leave it at that. Huge thanks, as always, to Yeah, the Man Makiewicz, my right-hand man. Thank you, buddy, for everything. You can like our page on Facebook. You can send us a message on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. There won't be any bonus material this week unless we are still trying to put together one of those free free, one of those live panels that I sometimes do with other podcasters. We've been scheduling one for the last couple of weeks and it hasn't worked out, but I'm hoping it'll be out this weekend. So look for that possibly. Anyway, we love you all. 